Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. I want to talk to you about why Renovate is in January and why we're talking about it this week. Um, there is definitely something to the beginning of a year that gives us the impression at least that there's like a turning of a new leaf, a turning into a new chapter, a new season is beginning. We always look at the calendar like that. And many of us, we have New Year's resolutions. Did anybody make a New Year's resolution? Or do you just start your year with a little bit of like, I got some new goals, some new thing? Nobody, two of you. Okay, great. Um, because many people have been practicing this idea of New Year's resolutions. And I thought I would share with you what the number one through ten resolutions are. And what you're going to see is, is well, we're all the same. <laughs> we all have the same issues. We all have the same problems. We all have roughly the same goals. Uh, how many of you know it's a good idea, like, eat healthier? As a matter of fact, there are percentages that aren't up here on the screen. But I think like 70% said eat healthier was one of their New Year's resolutions. Can I get a yeah and a... Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little more kale chips. Yeah, yeah. Um, so eat healthier. That sounds good, right? Like being healthy is is good. Exercise more. No, okay. Um, lose weight, which is interesting because I think if you eat better and you exercise, this is just a natural byproduct. So I don't know anyway. But that's just the, that's what some people said was lose weight, save more, spend less. Can I get a yeah, yeah? Yeah, everybody, husbands look at their wives like, yeah, I'm talking to you. Um, uh, learn a new skill or a hobby. Anybody got an ambition this year? You're learning Chinese. What are you doing? Donald, what are you, you know, nothing. Okay, good. Um, quit smoking. That's a good one. That just goes back into health. Like be healthier. Like smoking is not a good thing. It's not good for your lungs. That's bad. Read more. Or now are you just listening to books more? Yeah, the laughter is that you're listening more. Find another job. If your boss is here, you're not saying anything, but you know, no, everybody's pretty happy with their job. That's good to hear. Drink less alcohol. Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad somebody owned that up in church. You have to be, you have to have some guts to say, yeah, I should probably just stop drinking a little bit. You know, you know, I, I was, I was so curious. I thought, I wonder when I throw that out there, what the church will respond like. Are we going to get all holy on everybody or not? But yeah, thank you, one person. Um, and spend more time with friends and family. Is that a, how many of you, how many have a resolution to spend less time? Be like, man, I just spent so much time with my family. I'm done. Put in my quota for the year. How many of you spent time with your family and realized uh, how crazy they were? Good Lord. And so anyway, that might not be your resolution. But um, And just so you know, too, if, if, if you spent a ton of time with family and you didn't think they were crazy and there was not a crazy person there, issue, um, you're the crazy person. You just, you just don't know it. And so uh, the reason why this is important is because uh, normally when we start a new season of life, we turn the calendar over. We maybe make some, maybe not resolutions, maybe we want to think of, but we think of them like, hey, I want this year to be better than last year. Can I get an amen? Everybody, I think at least feels that way. I want, I want this year, and last year was good. Like I had a good 2018. I always think it's good. Then I look at my wife. I'm like, was it good? Do I, am I forgetting? Cause I don't really remember. I live in a state of oblivious where I always think it's good. And I think that's a good way to live. But it's, I thought 2018 was good because I remember last year I said 2017 was amazing. And she was like, no, it wasn't. But I don't remember what happened. And so there's something great to having a goldfish memory. You know what I'm talking about? You just circle the bowl. It's a whole new world again, you know. So that's why I live life. It's just... Um, but I, I think all of us, even if 2018 was good, we would all say, man, I want 2019 to be even 
even better. And, and there's a temptation that you and I run into every time we come to this point in the year. And the temptation is in essence to make these new goals and to make these new resolutions and they just don't last. You ever been there before? Cause we know what the studies say. The studies say that when we make a new year's resolution that like a certain number of people, and it's a high percentage, they quit out by March. Others quit out by February. Bless God. Some are done in January. Listen, I was at the gym. Okay. I I've always enjoyed the gym. I just like going to the gym. I like working out all that stuff. So I always notice, and if you talk to anybody that works at a gym, they know this. There is a huge spike in it. And it's annoying for people like me because I look at you and judge you. I'm like, look, punk, you're going to be here for two months, taking up my gym equipment, and then you're going to be gone. Just don't even show up and quit making my gym too busy. And so is that too honest? Um, so my, 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 I already know. I already know there's a spike in attendance. And then by March, I'll get back to my normal routine where y'all aren't making my gym so busy. All right, y'all, y- y'all need to know this. I was in the gym Thursday night and it was empty. Nobody was there. And me and my son were like, dang, all those New Year's people, they didn't last two days this year. It was crazy. So literally on Thursday, no one was, no one was at the gym. And so there's a temptation to make a goal, to turn over a new page, to want this year to be better, and then just to kind of quit on it and to lose sight of it and to forget about it. That's one of the temptations. Here's the other temptation though. It's just to be in the same place this year that you were last year. There's a temptation to just keep repeating the same thing year after year after year. And the older you get, the more you know that this is true. People will have conversations that maybe you haven't seen in a while. And they're like, hey, what's new with you? And the answer is, hey, it's the same old, same old. And so there's a temptation sometimes not just to make goals and to quit them, but just to keep repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again. And the reason why I think that is so problematic is because I know what it does in you. It creates and builds a frustration in you. If your year is the same year after year after year, if you keep dealing with the same things year after year, if your resolutions are, because remember those resolutions? Those haven't changed in decades. Lose weight. Spend less money. We all have the same issues. Here's what you don't know, and you're not going to like that I tell you this, but it's true. We're not very unique. We like to think that we're very unique. We like to think that we're very, very special. But the reality is, is that you have the same problems that they have, and y'all have the same problems that they they have. You just don't, you just don't know exactly. The details may vary a little bit, but we all have some of the same problems, whether it's our health, whether it's our kids, whether it's our marriage, whether it's our money. We all have the same things. And, 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 and so we end up conforming to the patterns of this world. That's why we all have the same issues. As a matter of fact, just so you know, if you think you're really, really unique, you need to know that there are people in New York that design clothes that they know you're going to buy. And they've never even met you before. And this is why people in their twenties kind of all look the same. And people in their thirties, they kind of all look the same. And, and bless God, when you're in your 70s, you don't know. Because they jumped off the fashion train at some point and said, screw it, I'm done. And so it just depends on where they jumped off at. But we, but we all, we all, and, and what's funny is, is when we're in our 20s, we think we're so unique and we try to be different. Um, but then by the time we're in our 30s and our 40s, we all kind of want the same houses. This is why if you go into a neighborhood, there's like five houses. They just repeat every fifth house is... And we're like, oh, that's so beautiful. I want that house. But we realize if you just go five houses down, it's the same house. 
Or we all drive the same cars. You ever notice that? We all drive the same car. Because we, what happens is, is in life, we eventually just start conforming to the world that we live in. And, the, and, and listen, listen, listen. This is so problematic because if there is a underlying frustration in you, if you keep banging your head against the same wall, if you keep running up into the same obstacles, if you re- keep repeating the same mistakes, it creates incredible frustration. And here's what I know about you because I counsel you. When you get really, really frustrated, <clears throat> you do one of two things. One is that you just run away. Like I know too many adults that they run into the same issue with their marriage, the same issue with their, they just run away. If you, it, don't, don't amen me or raise your hand, but have you ever once had the frustration boil up in you and then all of a sudden you're like, man, I could literally just walk out that door. I could literally go pack a bag, get in my car and just go. I could literally walk into my office and say, take this job. You have been so, and again, the idea is is if I run away, I can run away from all of my problems. And the problem is, well, the problem is, is that if you run away, wherever you go, there you are. And what you don't realize is, is that you cannot actually escape you. You cannot outrun your inner demons and you cannot outrun your problems, they carry with you wherever you go. So you could run away, but bless God, you will drag that stuff with you. Now, now maybe you don't run away. Maybe that's not your MO. You don't run away. Maybe you stay right where you're at, but the temptation for you is, is not to run away, but to re-choose. All right, let me make, let me make sense of that. Have you ever looked at some of your frustrations in life and thought, well, yeah, I'm frustrated with her, but I chose her. I wonder if I could re-choose. I'm going to unchoose, and then I'm going to rechoose. You know that job I'm so frustrated with, that boss I'm so frustrated with? Well, technically, I took that job. I needed it, but I took it, and I chose it. So you know what? What if I just rechoose? And again, the problem will be that wherever you go, there you are. And you, you, you can't make a clean break from all your issues. You will carry it with you. This is why, this is why second marriages have a higher divorce rate than first marriages. You ever thought about that? The reason why is, is because if you run away from one or re-choose to another, but you carry yourself into that one, what you have to recognize is, is that of all the different marriages that you have, the only common denominator is you. And that's not a very fun thought. I'm sorry, this is not my best Joel Osteen sermon right now. I'll get there in a second. But I want to challenge you that if you get frustrated in life, that running away will not help you and re-choosing will not help you. Because here's, because here's what that says. What that says is something that we all know and what we all know is this. What it is that we do or whatever it is that we do determines our outcomes. Would we say amen to that and believe that? Uh, this isn't like bait and switch. I'm not trying to trick you. The answer is not Jesus. I know this is church. Let me ask you, doesn't that make sense though? Whatever you do, what you do in life determines your outcomes. Is that fair? It's so fair. It's so true. We would call this the principle of the path, that the attitudes and actions that you take ultimately lead you to a destination. And this is this is the brutal part about this. Your intentions don't matter because I believe all of us, minus two of you that are crazy, but almost all of us have really, really good intentions. We're genuinely good people. Like, I believe that about you. Maybe I just don't know enough, but I, right now, I believe it about you. What you do, and the principle of the path just simply says this. If, if your intentions are one thing, but you keep doing this, 
It doesn't matter what your intentions are. What you do will eventually produce outcomes. That's the principle of the path, and it's a principle that you cannot break. You can only break yourself against it. It's just true. But, 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 I think there's something deeper that I want to talk about in this series. And it's not just what you do, because we would all agree that what you do determines your outcomes. In this series, I want to go one level deeper because what I want you to realize is this. What you believe determines what you do. That every one of us has some type of fundamental underlying belief that drives all those things that we do. And, and, and many of those beliefs are unconscious. You're not literally thinking about those things. They're just, they're under the surface. And because you have certain beliefs, they're driving you to do certain things. And those things that you do create outcomes. Those outcomes create frustrations. And then many times we compound those frustrations because we decide to run away or to re-choose. And then we just rinse and repeat. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. Because he shares with you this incredible insight. And it's so quick. But it's so brilliant. Listen to this. Romans chapter 12, verse number two says this. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. To which we would all say, I think that's a good idea. Because when I look at most people, most people are struggling. And most people are, are struggling in their finances and are in debt. Or most people are kind of struggling in their marriage. It's, it, we, are, we are surprised and pleasantly surprised when we find people like, man, they have the best marriage. Or, man, they have the best kids and their parenting. Or they have, man, they're, look at how they're doing financially. Look how they're, we're, we're pleasantly surprised. Because the typical pattern of this world, which is roughly what we would call a sinful pattern, something outside of God's best, it creates pain, obstacle, and heartache. And so Paul's saying, don't be like everybody else. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Actually, I want you to be different, and I want you to be transformed. I would say transformed. Now, here's, here's what's cool about this word. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transformed actually is the word metamorphosis. If you went to science class at some point and you paid attention, you know that metamorphosis is the little caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Yeah, yeah, that it was one thing, and now it's something completely different. Like if, if you were to show one thing to a little kid that didn't know any better, you show a little hairy caterpillar, and then you show him beautiful, colorful butterfly, you would say... That, that, that's a radical transformation that's taken place. That's a metamorphosis. And so Paul says, he goes, hey, don't end up falling into the traps of the patterns of this world and turning out the same old, same old. Don't, don't do that. Actually, what God wants for you to do is to go from one thing to something completely different. He says, I want you to be transformed or metamorphosized. And you're going to do it by the renewing of your mind. Now, here's, here's what that means. Transformed lives are the result of a renewed mind. And this word renewed... It's actually the same word as renovate. I want you to think about that. So Paul says, hey, so that you don't fall into the frustration that everybody else has, so that you don't end up year after year, so that you don't end up thinking, I got to make the same bless God resolutions, you have to, so that you don't fall into the same sins, the same issues, the same problems that everybody else has. I actually want you to be different, not just different, but like radically different. And the way, the way that you actually breakthrough, the way that you break away, the way that you change the future trajectory of your life, it's not by running away. It's not by rechoosing. It's by transforming. And the way that you do that, everybody say renovate. 
renovate. Renovate is the way that you actually pull this off. That literally renovation, and if you've taken notes, this is what renovation is. Renovation is taking out all the old stuff and putting in the new stuff. Has anybody ever done a renovation? You don't want to even admit to it. That's how painful it was for you. My friends sitting here on the third row, and uh, they went through a renovation. Now, when I first bought my house in Livermore, I had the fortunate situation to where, like, I could do a mild renovation before I even moved in. Now, that's incredible. So that's just the blessing of God, right? So I didn't have to live through the renovation. There was a changeover, and I was able to do just some minor. I think we did some some paint and some floorboards and just some minor, minor stuff. But, but, but I've never had to do, praise the Lord, a legitimate renovation. But my friend has. And here's what I experienced through them. Is that renovation, renovation is always messy, and it takes longer than you think. Can I get an Amen. It costs more than that guy told you it was going to cost. It took longer than that guy. You know what guy I'm talking about, right? Plumbers, yeah. So he's got an image to him. He's a guy. Because a woman would never do that. But a guy, guy, he lied to you about how long it would take and how expensive it was going to be. And things were never quite. So anyway, they can be messy. And then here's, here's the other thing that we think about renovation, though, is that renovation can make something look incredible do you know what my favorite part of watching those shows where they flip or flop where they buy a house and renovate it and do all that my favorite part is just the ending i really don't care about the bulk of the show do y'all feel the same way i literally can see give me that crappy house and then fast forward all the way to the end i don't care how you got there i just want to see this beautiful finished product but that's television. And your life is, is like that. And sometimes you're like, man, I could use a renovation in my life. And here's what I'm preparing you for. Is this going to be messy? It's going to take some time. It's going to cost you something. But if you'll do it, I'm telling you, if you'll do it, you can end up with something absolutely incredible. Because when you look at those houses, isn't it amazing? When you look at those houses, what you sometimes think is, how is that even the same house? That doesn't even look like the same house that they started with. It's as if that house has been through a metamorphosis. And so what the apostle Paul says is this, though. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed or metamorphosized by the what? By the renewing or the renovating of your mind. See, renovating is ripping out the old. Now, I have another buddy in here who did his, who did his own renovation. He didn't call that guy. He did it himself, and he watched YouTube videos to figure out how. And which is kind of brilliant. But, but the, the point is this, is that you got to rip out the old. If you're renovating your bathroom, you got to go in and rip out the old tile and rip out the old sink and rip out the old toilet. you got to rip everything out. And sometimes that's the painful part because, see, what you don't recognize is, is that everything you do in life has an underlying belief to it. I'll, I'll give you an example. You've got to figure out what are the underlying beliefs that drive all of your decisions. So some of you, you know this. Some of you yell at your spouse. Some of you yell and cuss and scream and wild out and you get, and you, and then you get mad at yourself and you know you shouldn't. So you're like, I need to quit doing that and I want to treat him better. I want to treat him better or her better. And then what, you, what I'm telling you is this, is that there's an underlying belief. So it's probably not enough for you to say, you know what? My new goal is I'm going to stop yelling so much. I want to stop being so angry. I want to stop doing that. I'm telling you, you need to change one of the underlying beliefs. And one of the underlying beliefs is this. It's quite possibly that your spouse is of less value than you are. 
Now, you would never consciously say that. That sounds awful. But yet it's still there. Whether it's conscious or not, it's there. Why would you ever yell at a person if you didn't think they were less valued than you were? Hey, here's a thought. What if the underlying belief is not that they're of less value? What if the underlying belief is I need to be in control? Which, by the way, control is an illusion. Do you see what I'm saying? Your issue is not your yelling. That's your problem. But your underlying issue is that you have a fundamental belief driving on. Hey, 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 why do you date someone of low moral character? It's not that they're of less value. It's that underlying all of that is that you think you're of less value. And until you address the fact that you don't believe that you're valuable, you will continue to date guys and girls who are of low moral character. Why? Because you're, you're not worth it. We could go on. Hey, why are you so full of guilt? You ever realize, like, why do I live with guilt? Why am I always dwelling on the past and all my past mistakes and all of my guilt? You know why it is? There's an underlying belief that says this. You have to pay for all of your sins. Now, you would never say that because if you ever went to church, you're like, no, Jesus paid for my sins. But why do you guilt-ridden yourself all the time? It's because there's an underlying belief, whether conscious or subconscious. Here's another. Why do you spend more than you have? Why do you keep spending more money than you have? Why do you keep shopping and buying and putting on credit cards and spending what you don't have? Because there's an underlying belief that says more money will make me happy. More stuff will make me happy. It's not true. You might not even be willing to say that out loud, but it's underlying. It's somewhere deep. And so that's what I'm telling you. That's the messy process. Because this is the question. How do I create a new year, a new you, a new trajectory? How do I get to next year and it be different than this year? It is the messy and time-consuming process of renovating your mind. I'm challenging you. Because I don't want you to end up this time next year living with the same frustrations that you have this year or the year before or the year before or the year before. Because I want you to know, I want to give you this hope. As much as it's a challenging message, there's hope laced in it. The hope is this, that if you'll renew your mind, you can actually be content and at peace right now and your circumstances never change. This is the hope. The hope is, is that you actually can be different. And it's not just by starting out with changing what you do, but by fundamentally changing what you believe about God, about yourself. And so this is the things you have to do. And over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to pick up a topic per week and just kind of dig in and say, what are the fundamental beliefs behind this? What does God actually say about this? And if I believe what God said about it, instead of just having my fundamental beliefs, what would be the radical, transformative, metamorphosizing outcome of my life? Because I'm telling you, it's there. So watch this, watch this, watch this. So Romans chapter 12, I didn't even read the whole thing. It's so good. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renovating and renewing of your mind. Everybody say then. Then. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and his pleasing and his perfect will. See, now I'm going to tell you something. There's this, there's this beautiful byproduct that happens if you renovate and renew your mind. The byproduct is this, is that you will begin to see as God sees. And if you begin to see as God sees, you will actually be able to do as God wants you to do. One of the things that you run into is this, is you actually think the commands of God are restrictive. You think the commands of God are burdensome. You think that God is trying to keep you from something. See, I was having this conversation and we were talking about um, sexual purity. We were talking about this idea that, that, that God has given this 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 thing about sexuality and purity. And if you look at it as an ignorant person, you would say, wow, God's trying to keep me from having something good. 
And what happens is, is that because you've conformed your brain to the pattern of this world, you would assume because everybody else do it, and because this is the pattern of the world, and this is the way culture does it, and this is what it does on TV, and this is what it's like on music, and this is what it's like on movies, and this is what all my friends, and this is what, it's the pattern of the world. But just because it's in the pattern of the world, do you really want your life to look like everybody else's life? Or would you like your life to be so exceptional that the world took notice and said, my Lord, what is it that you found? What is it that is in your, how are you so happy? Why do you have so much joy? Why do you keep ending up blessed in life? Where do you get this from? That's an exceptional life. He goes, don't conform to the pattern of the world. Because see, here's the deal. When you actually recognize God's commands aren't restrictive in nature. Well, they're actually protective in nature. And they actually set you up for the most blessed life possible. See, the only way that you can go to, to, to that, where you look at God's commands, you're like, oh my gosh, this is brilliant, is you renew your mind. Because as long as you live in that state where you live according to the pattern of the world, you can look at the commands of God and just see them as burdensome and restrictive and, oh my gosh, what a, this is lame, this is just more, they're not rules. It's not like God thought up a bunch of stuff and said, hey, I'm going to label all this stuff sin and then see if they'll be good or be bad. How ridiculous is that? Actually, the world is God set goodness in motion and evil is anything that is goodness corrupted. And he says, hey, just stay away from that. It's no different than a parent saying, hey, don't don't do that. That's not going to No, you're going to fall. You're going to hurt yourself. No, that's not bad. Don't stick your finger in the light socket, son. That's bad. Don't run with scissors, sweetie. That's 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 dumb. And so. So God didn't look at stuff and say, if you do it, it's bad. No, no. He said, no, no. These are the things that will create bad outcomes in your life. Stay away from those. Because sin is anything that hurts you or hurts others. That's all sin is in its simplest form. And so when you realize that, all of a sudden you start looking at the commands of God and you start thinking, they're not restrictive, they're brilliant. What if I had done that? Because if you talk to anybody that's lived a life of brokenness, when they look back, they always sit there thinking, man, I wish I would have avoided that. I wish I could go and redo that. I wish I could go and have that as a do-over. I wish I could have a mulligan here. I wish I, you ever said this? I wish I knew then what I know. You have to be over 40 to pull that off usually. Because you have to be over 40 to have some sense about you to realize, oh my gosh. You ever said this? You ever said this before? You ever looked at some of you? If you had good parents, this is, this is very true of you. When you were a teenager, you thought your parents were stupid. And then there's a saying that says, the older I get, the smarter my parents became. They didn't get smarter. You just finally woke up. And figured it out. You got woke. All you did was realize, holy smoke. And it takes some time. And it takes, and, and the worst thing we can do is have to learn everything the hard way. Versus saying, God, what if I just trusted you? And if I would renew my mind. And what I mean by renewing my mind is this. I'm not talking about new information. Have you ever noticed this? You've never done anything crazy or ridiculous or foolish and stupid. Got to the end of it and said, man, I didn't even know. You ever done something illegal, got hemmed up, got arrested, and be like, officer, I just didn't know that that was illegal? Of course you haven't. Which proves to you this. Knowledge was not your issue. So we're not talking about knowledge. We're talking about belief or what you are convinced of. I'll put, I'll put it to you like this. All the resolutions, the first three had to do with eat less, exercise more, be healthier, all that stuff. Now let's be honest. Let me make this really, really simple. If you eat McDonald's every day, that will be bad for you. Is that new information to anybody? No, no, no. If I said eating bad all the time is going to be bad for you, that's not new information. 
But yet every year the resolutions are the same. We need to eat better, exercise more, and be healthier. Knowledge is not our issue. At some point we have to go from knowledge to belief. Or maybe we should put it this way. Being convinced in my soul. Because many of us know the commands of God. We have knowledge, but we're not actually convinced that God is wise, that God is right, that God's trying to protect me, that God's trying to bless me. And that's why all these commands exist. They're not restricting me from anything. They're protecting me from harm and setting me up for the most blessed life possible. And so, again, as you begin to think as God thinks, you'll begin to see as he sees, and then you'll begin to do as he wants you to do. The Apostle Paul, again, just to say it like this, said... Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Over the next few weeks, I want you to get back in here because we are going to renovate. We will take a look at some very specific topics and say, what does God actually say? What are my underlying beliefs? And God, how can you transform me? Paul said it so brilliantly in two sentences. Jesus said it brilliantly in one. He said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I I pray, God, that this year you would do something incredible in me. That, God, this year, maybe you would reveal to me some things that I believe that I'm not even aware that I believe, believe, and they're underneath somehow. But, God, would you reveal them to me? God, would you take the frustrations that I have, God, and maybe speak to me and show me what's really going on underneath the surface? Because, God, I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. I want to be different. God, I want 2019 to be my greatest year ever. And so, God, help me to not just conform to the way this world looks and to do it like everybody else does it. But, God, actually, would you do a transformative work in me Would you change me, rearrange me, renovate me? God, would you help me to change my mind, change the way I think, change the way that I believe? God, that I might be convinced that you love me, that you are for me. And God, may I step into your perfect and good and pleasing will. God, I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I want to experience you and experience your best. Lord, that is my prayer today. And if that is your prayer, give me a good gospel. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap this morning. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.